Hello and welcome to All the Best Pictures, the podcast where we watch the best picture winners from the start and pretend the Oscars isn't just a popularity contest for white men. Uh, my, my name's Sam and I'm joined by my uh, esteemable host, Dave. Hi, Dave. Also a white man. Yes, two uh, white men there's, there's talking be a about... a theme for, honestly, about 80 or 90 years of these. <laughs> we did. I, I, it's a it's a good point. It's a good point about when uh, I think what there's been like three women who've won best director since the start since nineteen twenty seven. Yeah, and the 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 percentage of of best picture winners who aren't the directors and stars who aren't white men uh, is also quite low. It's quite a small quite a small number. Um, so the whole idea of this podcast uh, is to maybe explore some. Movies which we potentially wouldn't have watched. Uh, obviously, Best Picture, probably not always the best movie of that year, which I'm excited to get into. Oh, yes. But as always, we have to start at the very beginning uh, to flagellate ourselves the absolute <laughs> utmost. Um, and, so, and well, and, and just to add to that thing, we reckon we can do like one of these a month, you know, that will just drop in. And so. We are ninety-seven years, ninety-six years of of we, the we worked Oscars. it out, and I think it's about in about seven and a half years we'd be up to now. <laughs> but obviously, in seven and a half years, it'd take us another seven months to catch up with the seven best picture winners that, we're that like we've missed. missed in the last seven years. So, so about strap- eight years, about eight, eight years, I think we can uh, we can we can blow through these. Strap in, um, and and then we'll be we'll we'll, we'll and indeed we'll run out. on. On strap in and on, and we'll we'll eventually run out. And then we'll just become the usual blowjobby, like fucking just after the Oscars podcast once a year, and that'll just be just like every other podcast. Yeah, I don't know, and and we'll have a problem. We'll have a problem with that then. But until that point, we get to be not like all the other podcasts because there's absolutely no interest in talking about old movies. I don't think, including the first. It's not actually the best picture because I think it was called something else at the time um but this year's uh movie starting in 1927 we watched wings a two and a half hour black and white silent movie no don't stop stop throwing your underwear at us please i know we're cool <laughs> but honestly uh, i actually really enjoyed this film um we did try and do a uh we should get this out because no one's listening to this it's just for us uh, we tried to watch this as a commentary, which is uh, a format I enjoy. Not suited for every movie, but this was certainly a good format. Uh, however, uh, we got fucked by the YouTube algorithm. Mm. And I've just said that on YouTube, so maybe we'll be fucked a second time. I don't know. Yes, they didn't appreciate us streaming the, the public domain movie on YouTube, from YouTube, uh, in the in the window. But that's anyway, that's a story for uh, a lost episode that we will never like well, you like can the Dead catch Sea Scrolls. 18 minutes of that commentary which is probably about 16 minutes of us chewing I would have thought commentaries <laughs> tend to be quite chew heavy yeah. um I got to eat man you got to eat so but, let's talk about yeah, this wins. is a this is a 1927 movie like you said a, a black and white movie obviously we've got like 20 years of black and white movies uh, and I have nothing against a black and white movie you can refer back to our imaginary movie podcast episodes on some like it hot harvey it's a wonderful life Sunset mm-hmm. Boulevard. We fucking love black and white. Oh, movies. we're so cool. However, as we said, so cool. And again, we'll get into that. I'm sure in a minute. However, 
this is the first silent movie we've we've done an episode mm -hmm. on. Not the first mm -hmm. silent movie I've seen. I haven't seen loads, um, but certainly the first one that we've tried to be a bit more analytical about. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is a movie set in World War One. It's obviously you know we're in the interwar years. They didn't know it was the interwar <laughs> years then, of course. Uh, they just called it the post-war years, but we're, <laughs> everything's the, the war to end all wars. Just like we as, don't know we're in the um, pre-collapse of society years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Except maybe we can. We're just uh, in the post-9/11, post-COVID years. Yeah, it's all good. Everything's the inter-pandemic years. Everything's fine. Please, time travel. Time travel to save us, please. Um, so, 1927. We are. Going back to World War One, and it's the story of two pilots who were kind of like rivals turned friends, uh, and there's a woman in it as well, who is top build and has about twelve minutes of screen time, as 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 you can imagine from a film in 1927. And you might think, well, why? What's interested in you know what's interesting about that? And really, the thing that sets this film apart is that it's a film about aviation and they just filmed a bunch of actual planes and the pi the pilots are the actual actors one of which had to learn how to fly a plane and this it's, was like an amazing this feat. fascinating fascinating crossroads of filmmaking history and we get more of this later on uh different movies more famous examples where We've got cameras. We've figured out films, right? Fantastic. No sound, obviously. Although, yeah, we haven't figured um, out sound um, yet or color, but that's okay. Well, I think I think talkies had had been invented. They were around. Well, well, nineteen twenty seven is also the jazz singer, which is one of the first, you know, big popularized um, yeah movie with sound. Yeah, but it was the new thing. Whereas, but we've got film. We've got these massive, enormous cameras. They're really expensive. They're really fragile. Um, and then the, there's also absolutely no health and safety laws, no labor laws. You can kill 15 people making your movie. It's only going to sell more tickets. So what they did for this movie is they just strapped these cameras to a front, the front of these biplanes that they presumably bought from like military surplus. These like 10-year-old planes that probably weren't very airworthy. Strapped these cameras to the front of them. Had these actors who weren't professional pilots or stunt people fly them around and got footage of that. And you absolutely can tell that's exactly how they did it. Um, and it absolutely works. It's terrifying. It's yeah. in a way that, like, well, in, in I a can't way that, even imagine. Yeah, and in a way that we don't really appreciate. We talk, and I'm, I'm going to mention this now, mention again, but we always talk about watching Citizen Kane as being like, you watch it, you're like, cool. I guess you know it, it's it's lauded as like the film that you know the one of the most probably the best film ever made, and you watch it you're like all right. But what you're missing is the fact that a lot of the things that it did were brand new and were revolutionary. And this film is a good example of that, where people had never seen like this. We never seen the shot of the pilot, um, in the plane, flying with the scenery behind him, with, with another plane flying behind him. We never seen that before. In 1927, and now it's we'd a shot really that been, we we'd only really had planes for what, like 20 years. I know, yeah, exactly. At this point. What uh, we've had and, iPhones for as long now as they'd had planes when this movie came that, out. That is an amazing uh, comparison. That is an amazing comparison. I always think about the Wright brothers. Uh, I think I think Wilbur, who died in 1948, so he went from 
inventing powered flight to watching the bombing of Dresden and everything in between. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's heady yeah, days. It's crazy, really, isn't it? So, but now when we go back and uh, when we watch movies now, we watch movies like The Aviator, we watch movies like Dunkirk, which are great spectacles. It's all pretty routine. And also, as you say, we're a bit more conscious about safety now. So we maybe have some of these rigs on the ground that we can move side to side to simulate uh, flying. But they didn't do any of that then. Well, they just put... It's kind of what I was air. expecting from, from this movie, really. Uh, it being a... I didn't have huge hopes that this would be massively entertaining, especially it being a silent movie, because... I think that a lot of that translates poorly to, to to modern viewers anyway, and I'm not even classing that. We we need like a third guy, and not Ross maybe because I think he just you know dissolve our partnership. Um, <laughs> but like a person who is a bit of like a normal person to 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 watch a movie and be like, was that as entertaining at all? Um, yes. Because yes. we were always going to love a movie like this, which is a bit more raw and is a bit more you can see the strings and obviously there aren't any strings because it's all just fucking cameras taped to planes, except they hadn't invented tape. So it's just roped to planes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a bit rough and you can sort of see all the cuts and we were sat watching. There's a couple of stunts, especially where it really doesn't look like there's any other way they could have done it other than pl- crashing a plane, like mm-hmm. literally with a person in it. That seems to be the only way they could have got that shot is crashing a plane to the ground with a pilot in it. Exactly, exactly, which is just, you know, obviously, never mind uh, CGI, but even remote control, like however else you wanted to do this, there wasn't a way of doing that in 1927. But, but on the filmmaking, I think that it's actually remarkable how mature it feels, as much as it's in black and white and it's silent. Like, there's a lot of this which you wouldn't, feel it doesn't feel that out of place it feels like we're still working from the same like understanding of what cinemas what, what you know what what shots have we got what film techniques what storytelling techniques and i think that's the thing to remember as well is that even in 1927 like cinema's pretty well established with maybe 30 20, you know 25 30 years into established regular people going to the cinema type of thing so in some ways, it, it does feel really archaic. It does feel really like we're going back 100 years. But in a lot of ways, this is like a really well-translatable um, movie for you know audiences in the, the, the 21st century. And I think that's a really interesting comparison. You know, I think this is maybe a good example of that, whereas there are so many films from 1927 that are shit, obviously because that's how everything works. Well, we just... In a way, though, like I think we sometimes have this thing, oh, well, we hadn't really developed the... You know, you're saying the opposite, but in some ways we're coming at it from this stigma of like, oh, it's a film from the 1920s and it's a, yeah. silent, it's a silent movie and like they didn't know how Those to make idiots. movies. They did. They did know how to make movies. And guess what? They did know how to write stories because William Shakespeare invented writing stories fucking 300 years before that. And he was only yeah. really robbing it from fucking... If you go back far enough, the ancient Greeks invented all of this. Homer did all of this thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah. actually, we did know loads about writing a story. We did know loads about like putting on a production, mm-hmm. and you see it in films like this. This is, I actually would say, not a fantastically overwritten movie. Um, it's hard to know how much of that's lost in the edit, 
or how much of that is like I don't know the exact process between obviously all these actors are working off a script uh, we talked about this um, you know which would be fairly basic but it's a script yeah. but actually when you edit it you choose the scenes you want and then you put in the interstitial cards the title cards yeah. and that's your dialogue so you can kind of like massage the movie to do whatever you want to do in that sense so it's kind of like a you do wonder what was the original like what did they shoot because they'll have shot hundreds and hundreds of hours of film like what did what didn't they put in the film yeah yeah and it's one of those movies i think that it you know you would have had lots of shooting there's lots of there's lots of interesting trivia around like how difficult it was to achieve all of this stuff it took them a long time to film it was very expensive one example being like when they were shooting the planes in the air, they soon realized that unless it's cloudy, you can't really see what's going on. <laughs> like you couldn't distinguish what was happening because distance is, you know, you, you, you couldn't you couldn't have that thing of like, I need to understand the geography of the scene. Yeah. Because, and they didn't know that because this is kind of like a, a really early. Yeah. Let's just you pick kind of imagine when you're like, oh, it's, it's a not silent movie with planes and you imagine they build a cockpit and they have that like um, rotating background on like a bit of paper. You imagine yeah. that's how they do it. And no, they hadn't actually, even invented that yet. Like that wasn't. They hadn't even invented the shortcut way. Um, actually, this is like, and you can if the commentary had not been lost to time, um, which is a real shame. You would kind of hear us go through like what, what, like vast periods of boredom <laughs> because honestly, whenever the characters are talking to each other you kind of don't care yeah. but like whenever the pl- whenever we're looking at the planes in the sky that's when we're paying attention and we're like oh my god what are they doing <laughs> it, and i can only imagine in 1927 you've never seen anything like this like and we we crib from this to this day and by this to this day i mean 30 to 40 years ago we made star wars like um a lot of the shots a lot of the plane maneuvers in this like are reused again and again and again throughout hollywood yeah, like very identifiable. Like, oh my god, it's, but they're bombing the Death Star, and it's the same run of planes doing the same things, and it's yeah. like, oh, we just did that again. And and Lucas stole from fifties movies, and Lucas stole from which 40s stole from flash, this from forties movies, which stole from thirties exactly. movies, which stole from this. It's beautiful. It rhymes. It rhymes. And uh, I, 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 you know, you mentioned the dialogue. You mentioned the dialogue. You mentioned the scenes where we're not flying planes. To which we're asking, where are the planes? Why aren't the planes on screen now? Where's Poochie? <laughs> like you're doing, you're, 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 you're very much in that in that thing of just okay, let's go with it. And this is not a particularly compelling story. This is not a compelling story. It's a love. Tri- it's a very basic love triangle. The characters, it's aren't that. The characters are. I really like Clara Bow. Let's talk about Clara Bow for a minute because mm-hmm. she's in this movie as the star. And she'll be, because it's kind of a weird thing where that would be the name that would get you to come and watch this movie, which is actually yes. like a really interesting technical piece of like film um, filming in terms of the plays and things. But it's not really a Clara Bow movie, but she was like the bit, one of the biggest silent movie stars at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was upset. She said that she was upset. It was, she called it a boys' movie, I think, you know, where it's basically just the, these two guys. All the yeah, fun. but it's interesting that she's the tentpole, like you said, the first build, and she's a tentpole to kind of like trick people into watching this movie. Um, and I do think that like there's a reason this woman was a star because she's got this like 
screen presence and and like the same reason people stars are stars now is because if if you don't have screen presence you don't have a career unless you're unless you're um, a friend of adam sandler um well there's a great there's a great line from sunset boulevard isn't there where gloria swanson says we we didn't need dialogue we didn't need sound we had faces and i think that's such a brilliant i've really stayed with me that line yeah, and Clara Bow in this movie, she's expressive, she's funny. Like, if you had sound in this movie, it would it would seem like she was really overacting, like in a quite a stagey way. Yeah. Um, but because it's a silent movie, you kind of appreciate that and the body language, and and again, it all seems built to the medium. I was some of the some of the scenes she was in, I was quite entertained when she was driving around that little car, picking up wounded soldiers. Um, you know, it, that it, was interesting. It's also it, it just feels very inconsequential, doesn't it? Her, her. It feels her like two different it. movies. Yeah, her role in this, and and even um, we've got Charles Buddy Rogers who plays one of the pilots, and then Richard Arlen. Richard Arlen, a second pilot, he was a pilot in World War One, but Charles Rogers had to learn how to fly a plane, and it's like, <laughs> it's just a staggering achievement by itself. And so that's where I think this movie is like, there's a lot of technical stuff to enjoy. But it is, in many ways, a proper like popcorn flick. Because, like, what are we exploring? The, the, the substance of this movie is actually really lacking. And, and the comparison I would make, again, same year, is um, uh, Metropolis, which came out by comparison do you mean like the the opposite like whereas this movie is quite underwritten yes sorry yeah yeah. doesn't really make you think other than why is clara bow in this why aren't we seeing more of clara bow why does everyone seem to think she's an ugly non-person who they shouldn't be talking to Uh, or where are the planes where's clara like compare that to 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 metropolis you know fritz lang exploring the the class structure of of modern society of, of a futuristic science fiction society where while bankrupting german cinema for decades yeah like like incredible incredible amazing movie that actually has a point and is um that you know it's more probably more literary now more pathos to it it's it makes you think and it's Whereas as relevant today as it like... was then this is kind of like oh this is a cool war film but like you sit there thinking Mate, in twenty in ten years, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, fuck, you just wait. Yeah, stra- hold on to you. Yeah, oh, wait, Pearl Harbor you. is coming. It is coming, America. Um, and, well, that's a good. And that, that's so a good. That maybe neuters the film in a certain way. Um, yeah. yeah, I did think of the. You know that is it? Uh, ben Affleck Pearl Harbor movie. I did think of that when I was watching this. In terms oh. of like, this is a better movie because that movie is trash. Um, but like it's that same sort of thing it's like pilots and there's sexy women about and they're flying planes it's mostly about the flying planes and everything else kind of takes a back seat because what actually is more engaging even now is people like watching planes fly about it's fun yeah Yeah. and that's a good I think that's probably a good comparison to um, to a Michael Bay movie (laughs) like I I had in my head Transformers that's the movie that I was thinking of like this feels like because it's technically incredible and it's a spectacle and it's also shallow as all sin. <laughs> and so those two things, those two things, it, it kind of matches where we are with popular cinema now. Like, Transformers is a weirdly, weirdly like, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. It's like, oh, what's the most like advanced technology we've got right now? Great. Let's do that. Let's cast a sexy woman, right? And let's have her do nothing but be sexy. We get that sexy scene in the middle of the movie where we really were clutching our pearls. Uh, again, lost to time. Uh, there's a scene where you kind of like see... You don't really see anything. You just see Clara Bow's chest exposed to just above her breasts, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It's it, mercy it's... me because you just aren't expecting it. Because tonally, to the rest of the movie, it's like, "Oh my god!" But it's, it's a, a kid, to Megan Fox egregiously yeah. bending over and cleaning that car in those denim shorts. It's yeah. the same shot. Like it's yeah. trying to do the same thing. You can it's you like, can tell it's for the dads. You can tell the things that have been laser imprinted onto our minds, can't you? Uh, as we as we scoff at it, oh, that's just very base. Oh, that's very that's a bit gauche. No, isn't it? what I mean is, but do you remember the specifically the detail? Do you remember the detail of the shorts? The, the detail of the shorts and and, and no, everything. Just remember, get changed. Actually, I what I remember, Sam, is that then she's unfairly cashiered and sent back to America. <laughs> uh, that's what I mainly remember is that. Take um, that. <clears throat> yeah. Women are always to blame if they are um, caught in. Um, you know, untoward situations. That's mm. the lesson to take from this movie. Um, <laughs> that is a joke. Um, <laughs> but no, we are it, we're, yeah, like, shocking for its time, but then you're past it. And, and again, not being super familiar with silent movies from this era, I don't know how, how you know, and this is pre-code as well. Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about the Hayes Code. The oh Hayes my God, the Hayes which, which, And that's the, the Hayes Code is like the censorship, isn't it? The self-imposed censorship to prevent movies being regulated by by the government in, in the, the late period. It's quite a funny thing as well of being like the silent movie aspect of this. That's something I think that we... I've I've watched like a bit of silent film, but not lots. You know, more kind of like shorts, Buster Keaton esque stuff, and that's where I think a lot of my silent movie knowledge comes from. But it's I, also... yeah, I know it from Simpsons jokes, um, scene missing type of thing. Yeah, Buster yeah. Keaton YouTube videos. Uh, I've seen Metropolis. Oh, I told this story today as well. I saw Metropolis uh, at the theatre in Leeds with a live orchestral accompaniment, which was like, oh, we should bring that back. Like, just, I would go and watch a silent movie every single week with a live orchestra. I'd be like, absolutely fantastic. That's like, I'm completely with you. Intermission, a bar. Oh, now we're talking. Now we we are talking. Out there. Yeah, there's no rotten kids there, Sam, because they don't care. It's just for me and losers like me. Yeah. And I love it, and I'm I'm on I'm on I I will subscribe to your, your Patreon uh, to carry on telling me about that. But but silent, I think silent movies like I was surprised how quickly you just slot in to we're going to have a break in the scene where there's a massive bit of you know they just take over the the scene with the 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 dialogue, um, but also that you don't really need it like no. a lot of the ways they didn't include some dialogue that that's, that is spoken Human by the characters are really clever so actually you kind of know what's going on in a scene they had faces from they the limited amount faces. of context and they're, they're overacting and oh he's upset with him and you're like i wonder why and then the card comes up and tells you why he's upset with him and then you're like great he's gonna punch him then and then he punches him and you get to and you're just kind of along for the ride and by halfway through the movie you have adapted. It's not like, oh, this is really hard work having to watch this movie. It's like, no, no, I'm just watching a movie and this is how it's relaying the information to me. A bit, I suppose, like watching a foreign language movie with subtitles. In a way, I know it's not a perfect one-to-one, 
mm-hmm. but like in a way that you can still enjoy it even if you're having to like read the dialogue yeah yeah totally and that and i think that's um that's one of the the the, the fascinating things about like how i say how great the human brain is interpreting all this stuff but also again how that's translated forward like a lot of the things that we see here we see now uh, in, yeah. in 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 you know, 2020 uh so yes so some other notable things this has a quite amazing shot of when charles is in paris and he's boozing with a with a lady that's not clara bow because again there's this love triangle thing uh, okay and it's implied that this is a sex worker yeah yeah so and there's this shot which was on a like they hung it from the ceiling basically on like on a rail and we push through the crowd the crowd fizzle out i've seen the same thing in a i think it's a beer uh moretti advert recently <laughs> like there's my cultural references like and it's and it's referenced all throughout cinema i think most recently in um one of the star wars movies and it's an um, like again it's one of those great things of like cinema nerds going look at that look at that shot yeah. DiCaprio pointing at the screen like that is that is amazing to see and it's so clever but also again it feels quite seamless it doesn't feel like it really stands out in this film because i think of how technically well constructed it is well i think the technique the technicality to this movie is why it's well, why we can watch it at all uh this was a lost movie for a while which is another thing i find fascinating actually vast vast swathes of the silent movie era uh were all filmed on what basically amounts to low-grade explosives they they filmed and stored them on low-grade explosives which then quite frequently exploded into flames um so this movie was lost for a long time and they found an old basically discovered a reel of it and then paramount the version we watched paramount restored it in about about 15 years ago i think um so for a long while you couldn't watch this and if it had been if it hadn't been a best picture winner, if it hadn't been as like technically interesting as it was, maybe they wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> maybe it wouldn't have been something that they would have sought out. And how, and how many movies must there be that are lost? You know, thousands, thousands, probably. thousands. That, that, um, I mean, there's know. there's actors and directors of this era whose entire filmography is gone. Like yeah. we know about it from you know reviews at the time, and we all we always we always have the newspapers because uh, they didn't print them on nitrate film, um, <laughs> but. Yeah. We lose a lot of this stuff, and it's sort of interesting to, to dive back in time. Let's not go long on this, Sam, because this is a um, no. This is, I think, quite a void, devoid movie in terms of content. Um, yeah, what I'd like to I just want to maybe though, touch on like the the okay. best pictureness of it. So yeah. this won the first best picture, um, and maybe in a different year, like ten years later, maybe this wouldn't have won the best picture. It might have won maybe like. You well, know, one of the one of the technical awards rather than best picture, but it's sort of like in its infancy, and it'd be interesting to see the sorts of movies that they choose. Yeah, yeah, and this is this one. I think it was called Outstanding Picture at the time. It was it was it was changed. Monty Burns uh, annual award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Yes, yeah, and and and. It's interesting because I think who let's I'm just trying to find who was um, the other nominees for for at the time. But I think like the jazz singer. I remember, I remember reading that the jazz singer was considered like basically wasn't included because 
it was there was nothing else like it. Do you know what I mean? Like it hadn't we hadn't seen any of this, and so yeah. it was um, it was just wasn't on the list. We've also got Seventh Heaven, which is a romantic movie, and The Racket, which is a gangster movie, and that's what I think this era is interesting as well. Like the twenties into the thirties. It's it's kind of like the birth of the genre as well. You know, we start getting gangster movies, we start getting war movies, we start getting all of these these types of films, which I think are now so common. So we we, we don't even think about that. Of course, there's genres, but back then it was a different thing, and there were different expectations from audiences around what was, you know, how what what type of movie are we going to be able to go see. Yeah, and also cinema attendance is never was never higher than it was in this era. Can't imagine what uh, else were you gonna do? You know, like the radio is exists, I guess. Like so you sit and listen to a radio play. I mean honestly what you would do, Sam, is work in even worse conditions for even lower pay than you do now. Um but only just. Um Yeah, yeah. Well that's it's you know, it's 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 the past. Everything's terrible in the past. What's number rule rule number one of the past? <sighs> Always be a rich white man because unless you're exactly, you're and in this era, time. you would be picking best pictures and making best pictures and casting yeah. best pictures, etc., yeah. etc. Et um, but yeah, so, I think we've got. I think we obviously we're going to try and hit one of these every month, but there's no massive. Uh, you know, if we miss one, we miss one. Uh, it will be interesting to hit all these pre-code. So this is the only silent movie that ever won best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got like five or six movies before the Hayes Code, so I'm excited to see how raunchy and violent and bloody they are. Obviously, compared to modern viewers, probably not very, but compared to some of the movies we're going to hit after 35, probably quite, quite sketchy. Yeah, in that regard, yeah. I think so. I think I think it, it is. It, it's such an interesting period of history of like cinematic history, isn't it? Then the next one is 2829, The Broadway Melody, which is. A musical. We, a musical. Really, they really do not want us to do this podcast idea. The Oscars seem to have really decided, like, what are the two most off-putting movies to make these fuckers watch in 100 yeah. years to make their but stupid podcasts? A year after that, we get All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, which is an incredible, terrifying um, movie that's obviously been remade a couple of times. So I think as we go through it, like, you get to see... I guess you get to see what's going on in at least American society as well. Like, what are the things that are attracting the attention of the well, academy because, of viewers? Yeah, the way the way in which the best picture is decided has not changed in a hundred years. It's kind of like part popularity contest, uh, it part just blatant corruption, um, and a thin sheen of like. Oh, we're going to pick the best picture, the most worthy picture, the most influential influential picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how often it veers that way, and how frequently the biggest stars, biggest movie ends up being the best picture, like it does a lot recently. Or well, maybe we'll get a DiCaprio moment where whatever movie he makes, you know, whatever movie the best actor of the decade makes, gets an Oscar just because they wanted to give him an Oscar. You mm-hmm. know, it'll be interesting to look maybe a bit more into the politics of that. Yeah, we get lots of worthy yeah. films, I think, until we hit, you know, the decade of of our Lord, which is the nineteen nineties, that gives us just some crazy. Like I always think, um, Braveheart winning it in ninety five is just an amazing. What, what on earth? 
Gladiator <laughs> in just, 2000. There's some really odd odd choices generally, what? and it's what? yeah, glad the two the 2000 seems to be the peak. Like we're just picking, you know, and not the Gladiator's a bad movie. We're just we're just picking big big blockbuster it's movies. Not, it's not a bad movie at all, is it? It's a great movie. It's really fun, and it's like half got something to say maybe but it's it, it's not you wouldn't call it a worthy film whereas i think a lot of the films before that and after are worthy movies like slumdog millionaire or uh 12 years a slave 2013 you know we, like the the it, and again i think that's just such an interesting thing of like it'd be good to it also explore um, this is maybe just a formatting note for us. Like, what's going on in 1927? What's going on in the year that we um, are talking about? And can we try and understand the psyche of of the viewership, the audiences, as they, especially during like the war years? <laughs> like, and the the 70s is going to be wild. American Vietnam? Are you kidding? I think I think the, the decade I'm looking forward to mostly is the 60s because it's the biggest blank spot of like. Not that the best the best pictures are necessarily these movies, but it's like, oh, it's all just Elvis movies and you know other such rubbish. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got quite a so few. It'll be interesting to hit that. Um, I don't even know you... when we'll when we'll get to our first non American best picture. I think it's gonna be several decades. I, I, I again, based on one a month, which does I mean seems like a bit of a stretch at one a month, but we I'm sure we can we can accommodate that. But I, I and I think that's the thing of like why do we I think Maybe me and you slightly more than Ross, and this is not a disparaging comment at all. He'll never listen to this, so it's fine. But I think we, I, we want to do this podcast. The reason we enjoy it is because we want to, like, understand movies. We want to understand how they work and what makes them tick, and what are the thing. How do we get to the point of cinema now? And I think this is such a great way of doing that. Even if, as we said at the start, it's just a popularity contest, isn't it, for a specific type of film and type of filmmaker yeah. but it's a, it's a it's a jumping off point to explore some, some old movies and just be nerds basically yeah so um, join me, us. you and the two to three other people on the entire internet who are interested i i i you know i probably will put wings and then in brackets 1927 just as experiment to see how few people download this episode and if we have <laughs> any any response you never know sam maybe some like film students uh yeah. Looking to like just not have to watch a movie. It's probably better. Well, takes. good luck because this was useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably better takes on on wings. Have you anything else to bring on wings, Dave? Is there anything else that you are impressed by? I've got one thing. While you think, I would just say that it's almost a shame that that we don't have more. We didn't have a bigger run of silent movies winning Best Picture. Because it's sort of a hard thing to hard not to crack. Obviously, Metropolis, very beloved. This is very famous because the Best Picture winner. You know, a lot of a lot of the comedy stuff of this era is. You know, we've watched clips of it and we've seen bits of it. But I, I wish there was just a, a better, an easier way to approach. Like, well, what are the ten best silent movies I should be sitting and watching? You know, that I would, mm-hmm. you know, that I can sit and enjoy and hold up. And uh, there just doesn't seem to be a huge amount of interest in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, we could watch a film that's not, you know, just for fun, and we could subject Ross to watch it on the. And movie. I do frequently. It, yeah, you, you'll kill the podcast dead doing that. But the thing that I'm in, the thing that I just want to 
um, appreciate is the score in this, the music, which I've listened to subsequently, just as a, you know, as a, again, more nerd levels. Nerd. Amazing, amazing score. Really, really good. And what we're listening to, obviously, wouldn't, there isn't a way for it to be included as sound on the reel that would have heard. So you would have had a orchestra performing this, you know, in, in the theatre, in the pit. And I think listening now, it's again interesting to see how we have the same musical uh, language that's translated, you know, all the way back from like Holst, the planets, turn of the century type of music, skip again to 1927 and then further to John Williams. It's the same... Yeah, it's the same language that we're we're listening to, and so what we're listening to is a re, is a restored version of I think the original uh, notes by Zemenik, the the composer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just really cool to be like experiencing it as people at the time experienced it. Yeah, with less human lice for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the case, other than. Maybe the smell else. must be much improved these days. I can only imagine the smell of a 1920s cinema. The smoke. My God, the smoke. Everyone <laughs> smokes. The children smoke. The pregnant women smoke twice as much. They're smoking for two. Um, Literally medical advice at the time. It's just, yep. yeah, that's how far back we are. <laughs> um, but no, it'll be fun to to hit back in a month and watch the next movie on our list. A musical film. Yes. That's join- also really long, I believe. Uh, it is a hundred minutes, so that's not oh, too bad. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. That's not too bad. Uh, had a budget of three hundred and seventy-nine thousand and made four point four million. Compare that to Wings, which was a budget of two million and and made three point eight. So we are going to see a very different type of movie, I think, when we watch next uh, yeah. next time. The Broadway Melody from nineteen. I'm already. Already decided I don't care. Talking, but singing, that's a bad start. It's a bad start to the podcast. Anyway, yeah. let's get out of here. We've got more podcasts to record. Yeah, see Back you next to the time. podcast mine. <laughs> Such a taskmaster. <laughs>